Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we answer your questions. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, Friday edition. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a producer over at 97 Won the Ticket. Well, Scotty's also host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance reporter for the Detroit News. And uh, we decided a little bit of a slow news week. We've done a lot of a little mini series we've wanted to do here in the offseason already. And as uh, we're still a little over a month away from free agency and the NHL draft, we decided to be a good question to uh, throw it out to the people and see what kind of questions you guys had for us. And, we haven't uh, done one yet in the offseason. We haven't done a mailbag yet this offseason. So makes it just yeah, kind of made sense. And I'm sure the questions will get more, uh, like there will be more and more questions like that as we get closer and closer to draft and free agency and stuff. But we haven't done one yet, so it just felt like the right time. Yeah, yeah I mean, there were a lot of, I was surprised too, because we, we both man the Red Wings, Lockdown Red Wings Twitter account, so I think we both kind of check it sporadically, so we don't always see all of the notifications as they happen because we're both checking them. Um, so making them go away, in a sense. And so I, as we were getting ready to record, like I compiled them all and i was like man i didn't realize how many responses and questions that had been asked of us so it's gonna be a really good episode um but first i want to thank you guys for make thank you guys for making lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day we are free and available on all uh platforms scotty i think it's appropriate that we probably start with a question asked to us by fellow lockdown podcast uh lockdown senators sent at send central and great they asked show us, they run over there great show. one of the, one of the best in the lockdown nhl network for sure. Um, they asked us which Atlantic division basement dweller wins a playoff series first, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, or Montreal. And, uh, uh I think it's a pretty, for my, my own beliefs, I think it's pretty easy to just immediately eliminate Buffalo and Montreal from that equation. Yep. Um, I think it's really between Detroit and Ottawa. I, I agree with that. No, when, when they asked, I, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought that it was, it made sense that it came from them because I truly think that it's really only between those two. And we talked about this year uh, during the regular season, you know, as Boston started making up those games in hand that they had on us in like January and February. Right. And they started pulling away. We kind of realized that this division was completely just like split in half. Right. Like it really is just like the the four playoff teams that are really, really good. And then the four not playoff teams that are really not. And that's like it. There, there is very little in between there. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I, it's, it's interesting. I think, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'll take the bias. Like I'll take the win. <laughs> but uh, Ottawa certainly has a, a very bright young forward core, especially. Well, and that's that's just precisely it. Not to say their defense is bad either. Their their forward core is incredibly young. Um, if you look at cap friendly, they have twenty four million dollars in cap space this offseason coming up, and not a single one of their forwards. I'm sorry, they're, with the exception of Austin Watson, only one of their forwards is thirty or older. That is an incredibly young yeah. core, and they have a lot of really so good talent. talented, like in in the farm too. Like their forwards, that that's a really bright future of a forward core. 
Their defensive uh, core, they got a few guys who are like 30, 31, 35. Other than that, they got like guys like Jake Sanderson, who's 19 years old as well. I mean, so they, they're they right with the Detroit Red Wings. They're probably, they, their rebuild started in, in full swing a couple years older than the Detroit Red Wings did, uh, a couple years earlier, rather, than the Detroit Red Wings did. But I, I, up until this point, I'm not really convinced it's been going all that well. Uh, because every year it feels like it's finally that year where they make the push for the playoffs. And again, hard, hard division, but they're just not quite there. But because they started earlier, I think they have the edge on Detroit. If I'm being honest, um, on, on being competitive ready sooner, but I think general management and ownership also plays a huge role. And I think the Red Wings have the huge edge in terms of who's in their front office, making the decisions and the Red Wings can absolutely fast forward their rebuild with Steve Eiserman as a general manager. So that's why I think it's really, in all honesty, while I think Senators might have a little bit of an edge years-wise and experience-wise in this rebuild, the Red Wings are just as competitive just because of the the intelligence they have in the front office. Yeah, and it's also, you know, it, it's win a playoff series, right? Not just make the postseason. Let me double-check here. Because... Win a playoff series first, yeah. Right, so, so like, you know, that that's a little tougher, too, because just making the postseason, I, I think it's... It's um, not too hot of a take to then take Ottawa because of like that. They might be a step ahead of us, especially with, again, that forward core that they have going forward. Um, but winning a playoff series is a totally different ball game. I mean, you can make the playoffs, you know, one, two, three years in a row and not make it out of the first. I mean, look at <laughs> Toronto. But, <laughs> wow, that, that's but, a that's a different beast, right? There. Right, but 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 for real, it is. It, that, that's a totally different animal. So. Uh, when, when you're talking about, uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, I'll take the wings, but it, it's definitely a, a conversation. It will be a fun thing to look at as, uh, as both teams continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, another question here kind of based kind of leading from that direction comes from at hockey captain 13 on Twitter. Uh, would you take the over or under on Bergen playing 50 games next year? Also an ideal line, mm-hmm. a line mates. Who would we who would we love to see him play with to maximize his potential? That is a really good question. Um, That's tough. I think I mean, I, I believe that he was NHL ready at the end of the season. And the only reason Steve Osman talked about in his exit interview for the season that they made the decision to keep him down because they figured at that point in the season, they re- he didn't really have much to gain by playing a few games at the NHL level, especially with how bad the team was playing. I think he's pretty. I'm pretty confident he's going to make the Red Wings roster out of training camp. I think he's there. Where he'll play in the lineup is where he's gonna is where it's going to get interesting. I think he plays over 50 games at the NHL level next year. That's what I believe. Um, it's just his I'll, line I'll mates that's going to be interesting. I'll ride with you on that. I think I think some of it um, has to do with who they hit on in free agency too. Absolutely. Um, if but, they hit on anyone, depending on what their whole mindset is. Right, for sure. But I, 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 I do think that he will, he will have every opportunity to hit that mark for sure. I, I, I agree with that. So yeah, I'll, I'll ride with you on that. I'll go, with, I'll go with over. One well, and thinking about line mates too, I, I would imagine they want to try and get him into a top six role. Like that's the, the goal, the ideal with Jonathan Bergeron. Um, but that's not a guarantee. He might start off. I don't know. It's tough because. Lucas Raymond being an exception to the rule. He was in a phenomenal talent, started off making playing top line minutes, but you might want to start him out on a lower line, you know, line three, playing with the Mike, a guy like Michael Rasmussen. Uh, if I say Zadina, is that going to make people mad? 
No, I mean, Zadina played plenty of third line minutes this season. No, for sure. But like, I, I don't, I, I feel like there's such a negative connotation around Z now that like, if, if he was to be paired with him, like it would almost be to the point where people would think, oh, he's going to negatively affect Bergeron. Like, you know what I mean? I, I feel like there's almost that connotation around him now. Um, but I, I would really like to see a line with that. I, I think that's that's two players that are trying to take big steps forward in their careers. And I, I think that that would be a really, uh, even if it's you know, early beneficial. on, not the most successful, you can always change it. But I think it would at least be a, an exciting line to watch uh, from a fan's perspective. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the ideal. Um, it, it's going to be tough. You're going to want to also surround him with people who can protect him too as a young guy, a rookie, to get him into the league. So Come that's why maybe putting Giovanni. Giovanni or maybe Michael Rasmussen, who's big, who needs to use his body more. He's something that he, that's the one thing that he was doing at the end of the season that helped to lead to so much of his success is he was starting to be more physical. And I think uh, you bring a young guy like Jan, Jan Bergeron in as a rookie, he's going to need some to play with somebody who will, who will fight for him. Lucas Raymond had Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin. We all know Dylan Larkin's not afraid of scrap. I mean, we saw it in game one. Damn right. That's my captain, hell, baby. <laughs> I uh, want to thank you guys. Not thank you guys. Wrong read. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all yeah, your betting stats. Yeah, don't thank you guys. I think we, we might want to thank them, too. I thanked them at the start of the show, Scotty. <laughs> Let's get, get out of here. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. That's a weird. This year's NBA mat, uh, championship matchup. The NHL Hockey Conference Finals. Who do I got? Um, I'll take Golden State. I, 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 I want Celtics, but I have a feeling it's going to be Golden State. Yeah, I got Golden State like pretty easily too. It's I might State. look like a fool, but I got like Warriors and five straight up. You look like a fool for different reasons than that. But um, <laughs> the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, why? So, and all the latest fighting news in MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, I, I wanted to wait until the ad read was over before I uh, before I asked this. Let me get that out of there. Why does it say this year's basketball championship matchup, but then name NHL, MLB, MMA, and UFC by like their acronyms and stuff? But it's called they called the basketball championship in the read. Oh, man, I, I didn't write the read, unfortunately. You should. You do a good job. You are a writer, after all. Ah, uh, you know, some people think so. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, back to your guys' questions. Segment two, Friday edition, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, let's see here. What else we got going on? Oh, this one's a good one. From at Lincoln J. Will. What is your guys' favorite Red Wings moment ever? Wow. That's, that's a, a loaded one. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I can pinpoint one specific just like rules all above moment like that. Um, off the top of my head, one of the first ones I thought of when, when you finished the question was, uh, the last game at the Joe is, is certainly up there for me. Riley Shane doesn't score a goal in 81 games. Game 82 scores two, including the last one ever. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. So like, that's, that's definitely up there for me. Um, I, I was, I remember I was in my dorm room my freshman year at college watching that. And I was calling uh, my buddy and I were just like on the phone watching the game together, 
from like our colleges and uh and just were like emotional wrecks watching this game and freaking out with the highs and lows and everything so that that's definitely that one's definitely up there um i mean you know being a being a kid being in in i think i was in fifth grade fourth or fifth grade and watching the wings win the cup i mean that's yeah that's, i mean like that's like easy but it's also like exactly. quite literally the most recent championship we have in the entire city so like i'm going to use it that's that's my like i could easily say the 2008 Stanley Cup championship cuz that's the one i remember the most vividly if i'm trying to think of like moments that are special to me i was able to attend the season opener where Dylan against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where Dylan Larkin scored his first career goal. Oh, um, nice! That's that's, cool. that's a really big one for me. That's for probably sure. one of my favorite moments. Uh, I think did, was that the same game Justin Applicator had a hat trick as well. I think it might have been. I think it might have been like a four nothing win. We over the Toronto we have a lot of people that will pop off on opening night. Yeah, I mean that's like, did like this we had the Mantha thing, Barrett Bertuzzi. Like that's like a really common occurrence for us for some reason. So hot. Man, Bobby they, Ryan they, had a couple, I think, in his in that first game that year. Like that's yeah. There are a lot of really good moments. It's hard to really pinpoint, there but I are. guess if it comes to like the moment that means the most to me, it's just because I experienced Dylan Larkin's yeah, first for sure. in person. Um, I mean, honestly, for like our generation, I mean, Datsuk alone has like three oh, or so four many. that I will never forget. Right? I mean, the the goal against Boston in the playoffs, like that, will always be in there. The, the shootout goal against uh what was that chicago like there's there's i mean he alone has has so many for our generation that um there's a couple of pavel moments there but if i had if i was forced to pick one honestly i'd I'd probably pick uh i'd probably pick the last game of the joe just because that's a good like i said like going through that with with my buddy over the phone and and doing you know just all the emotion in that game and bringing everybody out and stuff it was definitely a definitely a big one uh, the next one here is going to be from at James A. Hutch, a, a regular on Twitter who who's pretty interactive with our stuff pretty consistently. For sure. He asks, do you want the team to go aggressive in free agency this summer or wait a year and then get aggressive? This is a, this is this James. That's the question. Oh, that's right. the question. Highly debated. Very highly debated within in the my family. own head. James it's been highly also, debated. Right. James is also is also great. Shout out James, man. He, he interacts with with all the Red Wing stuff. He interacts with the tiger stuff that I do too. He's a, he's a, he's a real one. Um, it's, it's tough, man. I, I think you, I don't think that you necessarily have to like fully do either. If you don't want to, I think that you can still, you can bring in like a big name free agent this off season. And, like if you struggle this upcoming season even after bringing in a big name then you still struggle for one more year and then next year you take the big step forward or you bring somebody in you see how everybody plays and and maybe you take the big step forward this year i i don't think you necessarily need to go into the offseason like we either need to be all in and and just go after everybody, or we need to just do absolutely nothing. Exactly. And and be like we talked about. I don't remember when yeah. we talked about that one show, like the Pudge analogy. Like you can do something like that. Like you can bring in, you can bring somebody in, and right, go Tigers. You can bring somebody in, 
and uh that that's built for the future and is part of this core for a long time without quote unquote ruining a rebuild if you still want another year of of kind of a high pick. Right. It's like a ramp up in aggressiveness. For um, sure. It, for it's sure. not like you decide one year, okay, okay, now it's time to spend all our cap. Correct. Um, because that's how you have a window of like one to two years. It's it's a consistent moving machine of bringing in talent that you think can help you succeed. And I, I and I guess for the purpose of answering James's question, the dumb monkey brain inside me wants this to be the year we get aggressive because I'm so tired of watching the team lose. For sure. No, I so 100% like, agree with that. I absolutely wanted them to bring in a free agent, even if it's just one. So, like, I would consider this an aggressive free agency. If you bring in one free agent that is capable of moving the needle, so far, these last few free agencies, they haven't brought in any any, any players in free agency that can has moved the needle of the rebuild in the direction towards success. Right. It's been a bunch of Band-Aid players. I mean, let's even guys like Bobby Ryan and Vladislav Nemesnikov, who had good seasons with Detroit Red Wings. Bobby Ryan last season and this past, this just this past most recent year, Nemesnikov had a great year before he got dealt. They didn't move the needle on the rebuild. They were always just stand-ins. So I got, I would want them to be aggressive from the standpoint is like this offseason with $35 million in cap space, I want them to bring in at least one guy who moves the needle on this rebuild. That's what I want. They don't have to spend all $35 million now, and it doesn't have to be Johnny Goudreau. I would love Johnny Goudreau. Don't get me wrong. We all would. We all, we all would love him. But, like, there's plenty of other guys, and we talked a little bit about it in yesterday's episode about these playoff uh, contending teams and all their UFAs, about all those players who could be, you know, guys who move the needle. I, just signing one guy, one of those guys, would at least prove to me that the Red Wings are trying to take another step towards competitiveness, and I would consider that – I guess by my personal definition, an aggressive free agency. Yo, I, I 100% agree. And that's the thing is, is you can, that was my point. Like you can, you can yeah, hover I mean, it goes, over that line and, and still. It, it goes back to that analogy with the Tigers that you, you right. hinted at with the whole Pudge and Ordonez thing. Those, those were, si- those were uh, signings they made in the off season that weren't necessarily for that season, but for the years coming, uh, coming soon, you know? And that's what I'm looking for out of the Tigers. I almost said the Tigers. The Red Wings this season. I Sorry, the Tigers are hot right now. So, Exactly. They're they on are. my head. Damn right. Um, this one comes from Red Wings Got Next on Twitter. Uh, another one who's always, always uh, yes. interacting with our Twitter posts. Uh, is there any worry that the Red Wings don't have enough top six potential forwards? Prospects, young guys in the pool. There's really no forwards that get talked about being really good other than Raymond and possibly Bergman. First of all, Elmer Soderblom. But um, no, I mean, I, that is something that I've thought about a lot too. It's there's a lot of forwards in the, in, in, in the prospect pool. That was the word, the word prospect completely left my mind there. I had to, I had to remember it, but there's a lot of forwards in the prospect pool that look like they could maybe one day be an NHL forward, but not like a, not like a bona fide. This is a top six forward. Like this is this is a, a the reason why I want the Red Wings, if possible. Again, you always take the best player available, and if it's a defenseman uh, like Yerichek or Nemich, you, you take a defenseman at eight. But if it's possible, I want them to take a forward because outside of Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Raymond, and Fabry is like he he's a, he's here for three more years, but I wouldn't consider him like a long term solution. There's no long term forwards that are like long term top six. Sure. Top long term top six. I could six see forwards. Fabry being a third liner for this team for a yeah, decade. I love Fabry. This is not Fabry slander at all. Right. No, like he's still young enough. He he 
Right. I, no, you're, you're absolutely right. In a, in a top six for a competitive playoff caliber team, Robbie Fabry should not be your long-term solution. Exactly. Lane, for sure. Which is why, I mean, yeah, I am a little bit concerned about the prospects of top six forwards of who uh, guys who are uh, on the way, you know, outside of Bergeron and Elmer Soderblom, it seems like we don't hear a whole lot out of these other forwards. You guys, I mean, you guys have other guys that they just drafted this year who no, showed but- potential, but they're not close. Even even with, you know, that, that all being said, even with the guys that you did name off, I'm not sure anybody in, like, scouting circles or maybe even within this fan base views any of those dudes as, like, a top-line playoff team caliber talent, top, top six playoff, you know, caliber talent talent player like the, I, I hope they're going to be great and and Berger and I'm, I think does have you know top six potential but when it comes down to like not not all your prospects are going to hit not all those guys are going to hit and I'm not sure any of them have like top line ceiling as is anyway so I mean it's it's definitely I don't know if I'd call it a concern because there's a draft every year we have a lot of picks in said drafts for the foreseeable future and we have a ton of cap space, so like it, it, it's. I, I'm not sure. I'm like terrified at the thought of of oh my goodness, we don't have anybody in the wings that, you know, is is going to be top line forward talent. But it's definitely something to to consider and and kind of remember. I'm I'm very excited about the future of this team. Um, and you know, we definitely have a lot of defensive help coming. And, uh, and we have, you know, like we said, some offensive help well, coming like, as well, but when it comes to, you know, the, that top end talent, um, that, that's definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on and, and time it correctly when it comes down to, to when to make additions via whatever trade free agency draft, et cetera. Exactly. And I mean, I, I this is also, I, I do need to shout out the guys from like this past draft class had a fantastic year Correct, uh, across Hannes when the WHL had 86 points in 63 games played and Carter Mazur had 38 points in 40 game, 41 games all uh, on the way to a national championship with the university of Denver. Um, but it's so early, like it's, it's D plus one for these guys. So it's right. so too early to tell yet how good they're going to grow as, you know, uh, Detroit Red Wings, you know, Detroit Red Wings prospects. So that's why, like, I didn't necessarily name them immediately, but I did not forget them. You know, uh, Liam Dower Nelson's another guy who had a, a pretty solid season over the, in the uh, SHL J20 league. Uh, but, like, there's there's a lot of guys that are just too early to tell. And of the guys that it's not too early to tell, outside of, like, Jonathan Bergeron and maybe Elmer Soderblom, it's, it's, it's not looking great in terms of those top six. Um, prospectives, which takes me back to my original point as to why I want the Red Wings to, if possible, take another forward at number eight. Um, let's see, where did it? Oh yeah, it's on a, got a tab over to it. It's not on a. There we go. Okay. Um, sorry, awkward pause here as I, I navigate. Ryan Fisher, through. he's a host. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for always covering <laughs> me up. This one comes actually from Instagram, Jason Mold four one eight. This one's a really interesting one, Scotty, and it's going to make you think. Uh, if you could take a backup goalie, a bottom pair defenseman, and a bottom six forward from any Red Wings roster between 1997 and 2012 and add them to next year's roster, who do you pick? So not like, and I love, love this question because it's like eliminating all the easy answers. And mm, this, Maybe not for goalie, but yeah. Maybe not for goalie, but it's taking a lot of... I'll take Peter Oltasik. 
<laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> or, or, or or prime Ozzy. I don't care. Whatever yeah. one you consider the or backup, Mike, I'll take Mike that. Mike Vernon, one. whoever uh, whoever was the backup at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll, uh, whatever day you specifically you pick, whoever was the backup that day, that's who I'll take. Well, it's like if it, you'd have to really look at these Red Wings rosters from like, and Jason, this is one of those ones where it's like, do I even remember who bottom six forwards were or bottom? Pair well, defensemen like were on those my, teams. That's like my favorite game to play. Like me and my friends will literally just sit around and just for fun, we'll just list random athletes that people forgot about. Like that's like one of my favorite things to do on the planet. So this is but, this is a very very fun question for me. The goalie one's definitely that. We're doing one forward, one defenseman, one goalie. Yes. For forward. Man, like the interesting thing is too, there's there were so many like good depth forwards in the two thousands that I, I mean that's a laundry list of talent that you have there. And again, like, can I cheat? I'll, I'll take okay, two thousand two. I'll take fourth line Pavel Datsuk. There you go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, that's not going to be my answer because that's definitely cheating. But like, it, it's just some of those teams were so deep that like you you can totally just play that game. Well, like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pick a season. I'm on hockey reference right now, guys. I'm just gonna pick a random season, and let's see if there's anyone who, here we go, seasons, just who pick, like stands yeah, just out. Pick some random year, like '05 or '06. Like let's go, like, let's go '07, '08, the year they right. they won the they won the cup. Let's see who a bottom pair defenseman were on this team, and a bottom pair forward. I'm just gonna pick one of those guys. How about, hmm, oh my God. And like the 08 interesting because you still had the grind line. Like the grind line was still around right. that year. It was like, Barely. I think it was their yeah. final year because like they signed Darren McCarty that offseason. And like there was one shift where Mike Babcock let them play. Oh, this is a tough one. There's a lot of interesting guys on this this list. I'm, I'm going to take, uh, I, feel, I can't take Gary Hoodler because he wasn't a bottom, oh. bottom six forward, was he? Uh, yeah, well, that's like again where, where like bottom six gets a little shaky too because like those lines certainly maybe not as much in the bag Babcock days, but but I'm gonna take you especially like there was a lot of line movement and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm gonna take Yuri Hodler for the purpose of this because I'm I'm looking at this roster and it's, there's no way Yuri Hodler played a lot of se- meaningful second line minutes with you had guys like Valtteri Filippo, Michael Samuelson, and Johan Franzen also on the team playing yeah. really well right that or i'll take Valtteri filpula i can't necessarily remember which one of those guys played bottom six minutes with the red wings and then defensively do i mm, man this is such a tough one i like this question this is, a lot. Well, like, it really this is makes the other thing me. like like i mean I'll take 47-year-old Chris Chelios. How about that? <laughs> what well, that's it. <laughs> I'll I'll take uh I'll take Andreas Lilia. I don't know. Uh, nice. Brett Lebda. I honestly don't know. This is such a tough one. You you That's a you really have... fun question though. Like I don't know. I, like that one... that's one that we could talk about for a whole half hour and yeah, just like, and that's just, just from one year. That's from 0708. I mean, granted, that's one of their best years. They won the cup that year, but Man, Jason, you have really you've stumped us. You you've done it. You have stumped us. That's a fun uh, question, though. That's like that's one that you can think about like all the time. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a really really fun one. So our last question here comes from uh, somebody near and dear to my heart. 
He managed to DM us quite literally as we hopped on to about to uh, record. And it's this comes from beer league teammate of mine at Avers underscore Matthew. And he asks, which of Brian's beer league teammates is his favorite? Matt, it's you, buddy. See, you should have said not Matt. You should have picked somebody else. I can't do that to Matt. If you knew Matt, you would understand. Like, it's not possible. (laughs) Genuinely, like. You knew Matt. Fair enough. Like, the best person on life. Like, like, probably going to be made a saint once he passes away in two years. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just end his life abruptly. No, but Matt is, he's great. I love Matt. So, not to get sappy, but all-timer. That guy. All-timer. There you go. There's your answer. Uh, Scotty, you want to give us a lemon tree update? I think Isa Rohan wants one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh, it, so exciting. It's officially outside again. So it's summer. Yeah. That's how, that's how, uh, that's how my family determines whether, uh, what season it is. If it's, if the, if the lemon tree is outside, it's summertime, baby. So, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's officially outside. Uh, we just got a lemon off of it. I think the most recent one was probably a couple of weeks ago now. Um, but then this summer, it should crank out a few more. Um, and uh, yeah, be be on the uptick. So officially outside is uh, is the lemon tree update. Isarona also wants to under, uh, wants to know how big your clock is. Um. I don't have a clock even in this room. It's like Vegas back here. See, your clock is non-existent. Uh, apparently, man, I don't Eesh. even. I don't even have one back here. I could have sworn we used to have a clock right there, but I guess not. He also asked how big my deck was. Um, I don't have a deck. We have a balcony, so it's it's about about a balcony size. There you go. Well, there you go. There's your answers. Yeah, great man. Balcony sized and non-existent. The venerable Isa Rohan. Yes, yes, the always, the infamous. Oh, and uh, Jared Ellis, the host of Lockdown Hurricanes, did, Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, did ask us if Ned was safe and if he was doing okay. He is doing very, very well. And um, we we are taking great care of him. He's part of the culture now. We, uh, We love Ned. We absolutely do. Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball. We absolutely ball. That is that is like the epitome, the pinnacle of final thoughts right there. It is. Uh, we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Almost said tomorrow. Forgot it was Friday. Same time. Same place. See your team every day. Every day.